Good evening, everyone. Good morning, everyone. What fucking day is it? I don't know. It's still quarantine time, folks. I do know it's episode 47 of Four Fit Podcast. I'm Matt. We got Big John Brigantine Stud down there. How you doing, John? How's the Ready? video coming in, buddy? All right? The, the video is coming in loud and clear. The drinks are being drunk. All right. Speaking of drinks, Jesse, do you have a beer that you like now? Um, yes, that other one I, I had on Skype and I see a, I see crying Jesse. Everyone knows what the crying Jordan meme was. It was Jesse's rendition of crying Jordan. It was, it was, I, I was so. It I looked, never thought it, I'd see the day where Jesse Lorenz, AKA the JLo put a beer in his mouth that he did not like it. Dude, it was, <laughs> it looked so good. It smelled so good. And that first sip was just not good. It tasted like it, it tasted like if you had taken like Robitussin and mixed it with chocolate syrup. Hmm. Mm. It was interesting. It was it was bad. It was bad. Wow, Bill. What's going on, man? Good evening. Pleasant pleasant evening, everybody. Wow, Bill's on that Menards bandwidth. And speaking of Menards. I got my brand new Menards mug, courtesy of my boy Wild Bill. Unbelievable! Co-sponsorship, unbelievable. In. Yep. Why you can't can't believe when he comes in. Fairly, Bill felt forgot about our other four fifth friends. Whiskey mug, courtesy of my man. Which is yeah, you can get drunk and you can fix. Couldn't, couldn't and you get can any kind of plumbing. Couldn't get us any like bullets or or deck supplies. I would have taken a paint stir. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable pack of matches. Guys, there's dissension in the forfeit ranks right now. There's there, I sense dissension in the forfeit ranks. It, it, oh, the, there's been there's been lines drawn. Two foot two fit podcast. People don't two know what I'm talking about right now, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Clearly, Bill Bill went out to the Midwest, visited Menards, our favorite store that three of us have never been to. But that's besides the point. He comes back bearing gifts. I got my gift, which is a a fabulous, fabulous coffee mug with a with a with a a, a, a wrench for a uh, as the as the handle. Yeah. Practical. Um, just rub it John, in. Keep did John and Jesse get any gifts? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Bill. The other people chances. We're gonna leave it open ended. We're gonna leave that open ended for for uh, time to tell. No, because I'm single. It's, it's a long drive from Indiana, New Jersey, and things break. I don't know. Did you uh, did you save big money? Uh, every time at Menards. Every time. It's all I do. <laughs> And that money could have came your guys' way. And, but we don't even know now because the, the fire that was spit. I can't even take it. <laughs> I, wanted to start this, I wanted to start this episode. I wanted to start this episode off on, on a on a on a somewhat upbeat note because I feel like it's gonna get it's gonna turn real quick. Well. 
I'm wearing his goddamn Celtics shirt. I can't take it. There's been a lot of doom and gloom talk uh, amongst uh, the four of us lately, and I feel like it's this is this episode is all about the doom and gloom, and who's who who's clearly seeing the glass half empty right now, and who's seeing it half full, and is that the case across you know all of Philly sports? Because I feel like we have one team in particular that's actually making some noise and, and putting some stuff together, which is our Flyers right now. Absolutely. Uh, you know, shout out to the Fly guys. I hope they, uh, I hope they make a, a, a nice little run for the, uh, for the cup. Um, it's 1-1 in the third right now against the Canadians. They're the Canadians. Playing right now. The Yankees of hockey. They're running. And into Carey Price, who's hot, he's standing on his head right now between those posts. We got one through his legs. That's what she said. And <laughs> looks like we're going. Looks like we could be going into OT unless we get some magic. Does Clark Drew even still play? Does he lace him up? Oh boy. Well, I just tuned in. We just took the lead, two to one. There you go. Our two to one. We fires are up. I think and we have some. Clearly, have to keep that. talking about them. I. Uh, That's. I honestly couldn't tell you. Can we name three flyers. I, I was gonna say maybe, it's real bad. Maybe Jesse could. Maybe Jesse could, but I don't think any one of us can name three flyers. That's bullshit. I could totally name three flyers. Go for I, it. I, I'm joking, uh, John. We all can name. Carter Hart, Hayes, Jake Voracek, uh, uh, Ivan Provorov, uh, 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 Shane Gosa Spear. Listen, Jesse's got Jesse's got my back. Jesse knows it's fine. Ian, no, John John did pretty well for himself. Ian Thank you. Alone for the assist. You you jamokes over there just keep drinking out of your Menards cups. Hey man, I've got my never get empty. They refill themselves. Dream Team Charles Barkley Cup from McDonald's. Throwback. If this cup were a human, it could it could definitely drive. And probably buy alcohol at this point. <laughs> it's that old. Anywho, so doom and gloom, right? John, you hate all the teams right now. Why don't you go? Why don't you tell us why you hate the Sixers so much? It's, not that I hate. <laughs> it's pretty easy because you know it, these guys are just beyond frustrating, right? Listen, it's the same old, same old from back in. I don't know when we recorded back in Bill's basement. It seems like five years ago. It's the same song and dance with this team. I don't need to bore our listeners by the same song and dance, but Brett Brown needs to go. This team needs to be blown up. This is not a winning team. This team is a farce. This team is not good. This team is just full of disappointment. They should actually change the name to the Philadelphia 76er Disappointments. Yeah, no, yeah, overhype. The Philadelphia 70s over the Philadelphia overhypers. Pretty much. Because they were definitely overhyped. 
I think Bill, you were telling us you were you, Stan Van Gundy, right? It was Van. It was Stan Van Gundy calling calling was, the game the other night. Was, on the uh, right? Jeff Van. No, Jeff was Van Gundy. Jeff it was Jeff. Stan? Okay. It was, it was Jeff, and he, yeah, he went on. He went on. A, he ran on a rant that I I look in the mirror and accept, and he just he just put it out there, basically player by player, and said this team is not as good as people think they are. He's like, they're one of the teams that are overhyped. Every year there's a team that's overhyped, and that was the Sixers. Like, they're not a super talented team, and they have guys with potential, but a lot there's always a lot of players with potential that come into the league and fade away because you're going to put the work in and you don't care. And or they're not basically coached. that. And he said, basically was saying, he said, you give a max contract to a guy like Toby – He's a power forward playing, and now you got him playing small forward. So it's that's going to guy to play out of position and be an elite player. And probably never been elite at before. Like it's what do you expect? And then you give a top dollar to Al Horford. It was just one of those things where it was so eye-opening. Have a national media guy just put it out there and be like, "You just you're not that good. Like you're not a good team." And it's like that. Yes, the reality, John. It's we waited. In five years for this, and this is a, the plate is slopping shit. And yeah. now we're going to have to blow it up again. <clears throat> I really feel bad for people who only waited five years because I've been waiting my whole goddamn life. I feel I feel bad really for guys like our, our friend of the podcast, uh, uh, Joey Dark, how he was so optimistic about this team, how he was ready to already put his lawn chair out on Broad Street and watch the parade. But the fact of the matter is that this team is, was from the beginning, you know, constructed by Sam Hinkie. And I think Sam Hinkie was going in, in the right direction. But I don't know if he would have drafted some of the guys that we drafted. And I don't, I don't know if he would have stuck with Brett Brown as long as, as, long as we have here. Probably not. And he probably yeah. would have traded I don't think, Honestly, one thing I could have would have said like whether I, I see I don't think he would have given up the assets to get Jimmy Butler but one thing I would say is I don't think he would have in a million years traded up with Boston to get the number one spot for Fultz I guy to give up what he gave what we gave up to get Fultz there's yeah. no way somebody like Hanky would do that there's just no way so that means we would have had basically Jason Tatum or now well I guess or Fultz at three and, you know, because Boston claims they would have taken him at one, and that's fine. So you take him at one uh, while well, we have a top five pick the next year at least. Well, we didn't yeah. have it anymore. So it's, just, it's, it's one of those things where there's so many fucked up, horrible things the front office did. We forget about it because, you know, we're kind of, you, know, you know, what's now culture. But the last five, six years... I mean, can you argue there's a worse team that's been managed other than the Sixers in the NBA for what we had asset wise and payroll availability wise, like just a checkbook to spend. And this is what we put out there, a team that finishes sixth. The only other team that comes to mind to me is the Rockets. I just feel like they they're always stacked with a, with a, with, with talent. That's, that's, you know, always hyped up to to make some noise and they just never they they never got they never put it together and i and i feel like it all it boils down to one thing and it boiled down with them and i'm going to say about the sixers is it's it's coaching it's the it's the staff i mean 
I don't know. It's like to John's point, like, or, or whoever said it with like these max contracts, it's like, you you know, you're, you're crowning these, these kids, these kids at such an early age, you know, Charles Barkley said it right the other night when they played nationally against Orlando, I think it was, they said, he said, you know what Joel, Joel Embiid's problem is, is that he doesn't have a Moses Malone that that's on that, that's on that roster, which is an old seasoned veteran hall of fame caliber with a, you know, who knows how to win and doesn't call it like he sees it in, you know, and, and, and brings these kids down to a, to a level saying, you know, like you're fat, you're lazy, you get paid a lot of money, but you haven't earned that. You know, I, you haven't won shit. I think they wanted Al Horford that they wanted Al Horford to be that. I think Jimmy Butler was that to an extent. I don't think he was harsh with Joe, but you could just Jimmy see Butler was that. even, that, even in press conference. I think Jimmy Butler was that, and he got ran the fuck out of town. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and I don't know. I mean, look at them now in Miami. It's I, I, you know, I didn't follow their season too closely. They won more games than us, and they have a lot. They have a roster that I would trade everybody in their team for what we have too. They also have well, we, shooters too. We don't have yeah, no, our our roster them. guys that can, but they, that can kind but, of shoot. But, but they have look, guys that can shoot. They, they built that roster with mid-round, first-round. Tyler Hero was number, like, 10 pick. Bam Adebayo was number 14 pick. Like, all their guys are ten, Justice Winslow, number 15 pick. Like, they're all mid-round picks. Like, they didn't have to tank. They just drafted good players and developed them. That's a word that's fucking foreign. Might as well be said in French at the Sixers compound in Camden. Development. I've seen no development. And, and like, anybody really, like... It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's one of those things where you kind of wonder if, if Ben Simmons could get a jump shot, if Joel Embiid could come into play and, and not be this like mouthpiece and think he's like the best thing since sliced bread and just come in <clears throat> and play and not get hurt all the time because he's flopping around. And then, you to, to Bill's point about development, developing guys like Quark Moss, developing a guy like Thibel, developing a guy like um, uh, the guy who's hurt, who I can't think of, who had the sesame allergy. Um, Zaire Smith. Zaire Smith, thank you. Like developing those guys, and it goes back to coaching. But you know what? For as much as I want to shit on Brett Brown and his coaching ability, I blame Josh Harris for all of this. I blame Josh Harris. I blame the ownership group, Scott O'Neill, all those guys, because if they can't see that this coach isn't making people better, people players better, I, I don't know if they should own a franchise. Like they should, they should cut bait. They should sell it to whoever wants to buy it for not pennies on a dollar. They're going to make money and, and give it to somebody or sell it to somebody that's going to want to cultivate a winning champion, a winning culture in this organization. Otherwise, if this keeps going on years after years after year, people are going to get sick of it and you're going to have the same issue you had years ago. It's going to be like, oh, it's the Doug Collins era where we have, you know, Andre Godala and like, yeah. You know, Me and John are going to get sweet floor seat deals again with like a stack, fat stack of uh, dollar pretzel night. 
Yeah, and and the longer they let this sort of like roll out and let Brett Brown come back again for another year, it's going to get really really tiring, and people are but just going to. Right, John. I think they're going to they're going to get Brett Brown a pass because of COVID, and I, that's bullshit. And that's and that's bullshit. Yeah. It, it, I, I hate to sort of, I hate to sort of say this, but you know, COVID's a terrible thing, and and everyone's dealing with it, and it sucks for even these NBA players as well because their world sort of stopped and their, their job stopped. But like, even having three, four months off, this team still didn't even get better. Nope. Like. And I'm not expecting guys to be like at the gym. Like, of course they couldn't be there, but like on your own time, you have enough money where you could rent a fucking high school gym or something and go work out or do something, whatever, build a court in your backyard, anything. And these guys came in and they still played like, they're still playing like shit. Now, granted, are you going to say like, all right, what are you going to like? I can hear Joe dark now in my head. Like, well, Ben Simmons got hurt. Okay. Well, Ben Simmons still wasn't playing up to his potential three or four games into this bubble period. He was still the same no, Ben Simmons. He was pounding. He's pounding. He, he clearly, I feel strongly, and this is not a hot take, but I feel strongly he, since they decided he wasn't going to be the point, he's, he played like a pouting, like a, like a pouting child. You can just tell by his body language. I don't know. To me, he wasn't interested. I, I That's a problem. That's going to have to be addressed in the offseason. It seemed really odd in the play-in games, Bill, that he seemed like a different player for those two games. He was shooting jump shots. He was he was you step back and hitting a three for one or two of those games, and like, oh, okay, you're like, okay, we see a little spacing happening. Cool, he's not going to be bringing the ball up. Here we go, and then like you get right into this this uh, these playing games or the rest of the season, whatever you want to call it, and we go back to the same thing and it's, it's just not, we're, we're not, we're not being coached correctly. Yeah. It almost seemed like, you know, when it happened, when shake Milton had that little blow up, that little episode that happened, as yeah. soon as that happened, it went back to the way it was. And you and saw that, yeah, like that. to bring the ball up. Yep. And okay. I'm all for like guys like Embiid, like, hyping up guys or getting a guy's face. Like I, I could see how that could, that could help a young guy get a little confidence. Yep. But like Joel Embiid, like hasn't played a full season is always hurt. It's like, it's like somebody else I know that I'm not going to bring up, but like it, it's like the same thing with him every year. And it's like, dude, everyone hypes him up. He's the oh, best yeah. big man in the NBA. He's so, he's so he's, he's the best guy. Then play like the best guy. You know what Shaq put up, numbers and and was a dominant player joel Embiid is all talk he's you know all what talk. you know what unfortunately you know what road he's going down he's going down the dwight howard road unfortunately yeah because, um, because there's a guy who had a ton of hype ton of talent big strong guy could never put it together always blaming this blaming that could then then couldn't stay healthy right he had back issues i think he had a couple knee issues then he started getting traded here and there, you know, and then, then it hyped up again. Oh, this is, you know, a fresh start for Dwight Howard. And then it just seemed like he just could never, he could never live up to that hype as much as a lot of people thought that he could. And now, you know, Hey, you know, 
I, I got to give it to him. I think it was, you know, being on the verge of being just like outcasted from the league and not having any team to that would be willing to take a chance on him. I think it kind of, I think it kind of put the fear in God in him a little bit. And you know what? He's, he's finally, it looks like he's like, like putting it together a little bit. And unfortunately I think it's, it's, it's a little bit too late. Like I can only imagine what it would, what he would have been like if, if he was in the mindset, it looks like he is now with the Lakers like eight years ago, like what a juggernaut he could have been, you know? I mean, and, and the one thing that you're talking about, Matt is Dwight Howard. Like, we forget, like, he went to an NBA Finals. Yes. Joel Embiid hasn't sniffed an NBA Finals. Nope. And we've already anointed him the best big man in the league. Yep. Like, I – like, that to me – like, you just don't get crowned that on being a, um, a guy who puts up – I would crown Anthony Davis that in a New York second right now if you said, who's the best big man in the league right now? I, to me, it's Anthony Davis. Over even over Giannis, because I don't think Giannis to me, yeah, he's big, but he's not a big man. Like I feel like he doesn't play the the big man position the way Anthony Davis plays it. Right. To me, and I, other than Anthony those Davis, two, I feel like when LeBron's definitely over the hump per se. You know, I mean, he's definitely showed some regression, but I feel like he's still dominant. I feel like Anthony Davis could potentially be the best player in the, in this league still. Maybe only for a year or two, but that dude, it can hoop. I mean, he is, I just, it's just one of those guys where you watch, you watch a game and it's just, that guy's always stand. He it just always stands out. There's something about him, you know, he knows where to be. He knows how to play his role. He understands what his role is, you know. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, a, a tip to the cap to LeBron and his and, and how he's become a leader in his later years in the league and stuff. But I just I feel like or to your point, John, maybe he's doing this to get the attention of other teams and to get wined and dined and sign a big deal next year somewhere. Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. But again, like I, Anthony Davis is a great player. He, he's been doing it for, well, let, let's put it this eight way. Years, right? This is his eighth year. Eight years. This is going to be his first time in the playoffs, I believe. Or has he been in the playoffs beforehand? Uh, that's a good he question. Swept, um, yeah, he made it in New Orleans. They got swept by the Portland Trailblazers like two years ago. Okay, so he's he's – this isn't, isn't going to be like his virgin time in the uh, in the playoffs. not is, but here's the here's the reality with Anthony Davis. You know, you're anointing him, but at the same time, he was in New Orleans for seven years and was able to get to the playoffs one time and didn't win. Joel, who's only been in the league five years and has won two playoff series in those five years, just put it out there for devil's advocate. I mean, in the sense that Anthony Davis didn't win shit. No, now, but I also like to see what his what, what the talent he had around him compared to what Joel Embiid had. Yeah, all for a while he had the, the he had Demarcus Cousins. He had Boogie when Boogie was still up twenty. 
And Boogie was probably the best big man in the game. That was yeah, one Drew year. Drew Holiday. Though. Yeah, and then they went to playoffs that year, and they got swept by Portland. That was the year. And he had Drew Holiday. He had Chris Paul for a few years um, early in his career, like the first two, three years. Uh, um, he had some decent players. He had he had that other guy. What's his fucking name? Oh, God, what's his name? He was like, the, again, he didn't have superstars. And, I mean, he was playing in a conference that had the Warriors, you know, that for the last five years, the dynasty. And he, 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 he had to go against, you know, uh, the OKC when they had Durant Westbrook. I mean, there were there were some powerhouse teams out west, so I get that. But you know, and it's not just you guys; it's the national media. Everyone's like, Anthony Davis is this and that. It's like, well, his his knock before he went to the Lakers was he can't carry a franchise. So it's like, well, you know, Joel's kind of doing that a little bit, but I he, guess we'll see this this playoff series. Joel carries we'll the team from a from a perspective of. He is the face of the franchise, but he doesn't. He he doesn't. He talks the talk, but he doesn't walk the walk. I agree in the sense that I think that it. We were talking about it, Joel Embiid, and I think this is the reality, John. It goes right into it. I'll let you respond to this. Joel Embiid does not have a high basketball IQ. No, I don't feel confident in his like knowledge of the game. He makes horrible turnovers. Horrible times consistently, and yes, the turnover is just bad luck, and you're playing hard, and most coaches like him. Not from your superstar. Like, your superstar has got to be on point, especially when he's a center. Like, like, you're not running the offense. You're getting the ball either in the post or the wing ready to shoot. Like, I'm tired of him being fucking making the wrong play. I'm, I'm, I, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. because he plays out of position. And what does that boil down to? You know? Okay. Coaching being held accountable. Yeah. You know, I think we have a lack of a system. Like, like, I don't know what our system is. I know Brett wants to be the new NBA, like space and pace. And you can't with Joel because he can't run up and down. And he can't, like, you don't want to win games with Joel 130 to 125. You you want to win yeah. with Joel like 108 to 104. Like, that's yeah. that's your Joel and me game. And... This team is like a hybrid. Like we got guys like Toby, who's a running gun kind of player. You got Ben running gun. You got Jay Rich running gun. You got Thibel running gun. Then you got Joel, Big Al, you know, Mike Scott, guys who are kind of half court off. Like the team is just plugged together. And I don't feel like it's a good plug together. Like, I don't know. It's just. You know what? When we were talking about the heat, Bill, you know why those guys, it just seems like they have it all put together is because. You've got guys that are playing their positions too, you know. Yeah, like you understand how to have their position. This team, you don't have anyone. You've got talented guys that are playing out of their positions. It's just, and then and all, yeah, exactly. Like, like basketball is a game of just like any sport. Like, you just your instincts kick in, and the better you are, the fans like. And I, mean, I feel like the guy gets out of How the hell did we ever think that this was a, a fucking great idea? Man. Like, we're so starving for, like, the, like we drank seen... that Kool-Aid. I drank the Kool-Aid. I drank the Sixers blue Kool-Aid, man. I completely did. I, I, I tried that with John not to, but John was pouring everyone up full of it. And I was like, John, listen, 
Got to pump the brakes a little bit on these guys, these jerks, all right? Nothing, I mean, the, the thing is, too, guys, like, nothing changed. Like, that's why I stood on that pedestal months ago. Like, nothing changed all the offseason. It was – we're, we're, we're bringing – We got rid of our best player, Jimmy Butler. That's what fucking changed. Not even Jimmy – Our best player. Not even Jimmy is, Butler. J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick was – J.J. Redick is our only shooter. Exactly. No one on this team shoots threes. No Joel one. B does. Yeah, and that's that's great. that's problem. Uh, we'll shoot them, but we don't make them. Well, that's a problem, especially that's if you want to play the if you want to play new NBA run and gun. It doesn't doesn't work that way. I agree, bro. I I agree, and that's that's what Brett Brown wants to play. But like we, he doesn't have the players. And I don't. I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, and players are trying to make it work, but it doesn't you can't make try to make it work on the fly when you're in the NBA playing against other super well coached teams and, and athletes also, that are just as good of you. Also, like, I'm not. I, I forgot to even mention Elton Brand, but that's another guy who's got to yeah. be held where responsible. Where the he's got to be held responsible for like trade deadline moves of like, oh, here's another thing. How about um. Um, who's the kid that we had in the in the in our um, shit? He just he's with the Mavericks and he just scored like 30, 20 some points. Trey Burke. Trey Burke. He like Trey. how is it that guys that we had on this roster or or could have had? And I'll bring this name up. And I know I know I know Matt and Bill are going to balk at this, but even like a guy like Carmelo, who at this point, when Ben Simmons is not even in the lineup because he's injured, we could, we would still have a, a fighter, a fighter's chance with, with Mello. Like there was a guy who was out there. This team didn't take a shot at him. And now what Portland's taking a shot at him. And you know what? Look at Portland. Now, granted they have the second coming in, in Damian Lillard, in my opinion, but it's still out of the playoffs technically. Um, yeah, well, they're a playing game. They're the nine seed. They have a playing game. Okay. But like this team so, could have could have had guys. I, I don't think Mello was the right move, but I'll, I'll give you Trey Burke. Like what what what's happening with Trey Burke is he's got a he's got a good coach developing him, putting him in the right spots, giving him the right opportunities, putting him in a system where that that works for works for him. I understand that we're never going to agree on Carmelo, Matt, but like he is a shooter scorer, like. We don't have that. Like our guy on this team that's supposed to be that is Tobias, and he doesn't do that. So like, no, he, yeah, he disappears a lot of games. Yeah, and you just gave him a hundred some million. You give him a max contract for what? Like it, it, it's so comical that like I don't you think give a guy like that. I don't think signing Carmelo Anthony on this team is going to flip any kind of switch. Um, I think he wanted to come here. But probably didn't even want to come here. What would, Carmel called him, Anthony, like, what would Carmel Anthony do at this, especially at this point in his career? What would, what would it do to instantly turn turn the Sixers around? I mean, I'll take I'll take averaging twenty points a game on my on my team. He does get buckets, and I would definitely take him. Out. I'll tell you, a guy, I the way he's playing now, I didn't think he could play this good. Still, he's playing decent, like he really is. He's like averaging he some big threes in that game. I'll, I'll take 15. 15? 
Yeah, that's not, <laughs> not bad because you get league minimum. So league minimum. And, he's know, averaging fifteen. And then Matt, look at like Alex Burks isn't isn't getting on the on the on the court. Neto's not getting on the court. I, is Quirkmaz well, averaging fifteen? I think Alex Burks would definitely. I think I would put money on if Alex Burks gets minutes. He there's your fifteen. Glenn Robinson the third. There's your fifteen. Kyle doesn't get buckets. All he does is Tobias score. Tobias, no, Harris. The Tobias Harris, there's your 20. He's averaging 19 points. So I, I just don't get, I don't get what Car- Carmel Anthony would do for this team at this point, at this stage. He'd be off the bench. He wouldn't be a starter. He'd be off the bench with us. He starts, he, and that's the thing, though, dude. He starts in Portland now because he's been playing better, but he didn't at first, and when he was coming around, he said he had a starter. He wasn't going to sign in. I mean, he wasn't going to start in Philly. So I don't know. You know, he he, he kind of limited his choices, it seemed like. But it's working out. So I still can't stand him. He's a taller version of Allen Iverson. But, hey, teach your zone. Is Jamal Crawford still hurt? God, no, I don't know. Because he... He started playing for the Nets, and I think he got hurt. I'm not sure what the severity was, but there's a guy that I would have would have taken a chance on. And and those are the guys that that like I personally selfishly would have would have put on my bench. I would have put a guy like Carmelo. I would have put a guy like Jamal Crawford. Defense with Carmelo. I would have. That's fine because you know what I would have had on my bench. I would have had a Morris brother on my bench, like. Those are the type of guys that I felt like this team needed to come off the bench and to give us a spark. We don't have that. Even a t- I'll even use a guy like TJ McConnell. When he came in onto the floor, there was some sort of energy level that everyone just like rose to. When Raul Neto comes onto the, the court, we get a guy that is like crazy dribbling. Like I, we don't need that. We need a floor general. We need a Rajon Rondo. You know what I mean? We don't have that. Josh Richardson, it looks like part of that deal. I don't know if Josh Richardson was was yeah, the guy to get. He, he's a bust in my book that, as far as I'm concerned right now. Like maybe maybe Elton should have stood his ground and been like, you know what? I, I wouldn't need Drottage. I know, I know the money would have been hard, but like – so then maybe, maybe you go back and you say you keep Jimmy, you let Tobias walk. And and you fill in from there, and then you hope that Ben and 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 Joel can can get better. But the situation we're in now, where we got three four guys with huge deals, Al Horford's coming off the bench. Like it, it, it's like a it's it's like when I when I give my my lawn tools to TJ and I get them back not working. Like you don't know how to use the tools, then you know I can't let you borrow them. Yeah. How to use a lawnmower, John. <laughs> a weed whacker with uh, – what, what the hell do you put in it? Speedometer cable. Speedometer cable. Speedometer cable. It's the best. Yeah. It'll take everything out. Oh, my yeah, God. But I mean, like, it's, it's, it, it's a shame because they're going to they're gonna make the playoffs and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be honky-dory and they're going to get blown out by the Celtics. And it's, it's going to be like, here gonna, we go. Yeah, they're, it's typical Philly – Sports, right? They're going to do just enough to keep the carrot dangled because yeah. to leave hope for. Oh man, maybe next year we were 
we were right there. How yeah, many but- years did the Eagles do that to us? How many years did the Phillies do that to us in the early 2000s before they finally got us that chip? But, like, I mean, it just – you know that's going to happen. And and the season tickets are going to keep – as long as Joel Embiid is is signing that Mountain Dew and uh, contract and, and showing up on commercials, you know, look, kids are going to see that. The young, younger generation is going to see that. And people are going to renew their season tickets – you know, Ben, ben Simmons with all his off-season, you know, uh, self-promoting, you know, glamour uh, in, uh, lifestyle. It's just going to – it's just it's just a vicious cycle, man. And unfortunately, it ends up being the same old story. Speaking of the same old story, let's pivot to another team that's just looks like it's the same shithousery as, as it was last season, and that's our – Philadelphia Phillies. Jesse, we laugh uh-huh. for us. So we 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 have a Phillies team that right now, on paper, their bullpen is has the potential to be the worst bullpen in the history of baseball if um they continue to to play the way that, that they've been playing. So that's awesome. It's good to hear so, we're setting some records. So the our starters have 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 um have given up 56 hits, 24 earned runs in 64 and a in a quarter innings. It's not bad. It's one of the it's one of the better total ERAs in in once you lop off the the garbage at the bottom of the starters. Our top 3 starters have a ridiculously low ERA. Now our dog shit relievers have given up 59 hits, 40 earned runs in 35 innings. So in half as many innings, they've given up more hits and almost double the earned runs. That I mean, it's just so, scary when you, when when our bats produce 13 runs and we're still nervous. Yeah. And the the biggest problem is you have, you have a roster that is that is so flawed. The, the sooner we can get some of these, like the Reese Hoskins of the world, the sooner we can get rid of guys like this, the, the better. Ooh. Because the, the great Reese Hoskins right now. He shaved his mustache. He did. You know, I'm tired of hearing about his exit velocity where the ball's going 100 miles an hour off his bat. Great. About, great. That's you know, baby. But that's you know, the sexy that's the sexy talk in baseball now, Jesse. That's what it's come to to keep people that's, interested. That's that's fine. But he grounded into three double plays today. Three. A Philly hasn't done that since 2010. Um, he's also hitting a scorching 195. I don't I don't care that he's getting walks. I don't care. He's the two-hole hitter. He's not getting paid and put in the two-hole to fucking walk. He he's Paid to play baseball to put the ball in play to move runners. If he can't do that, he needs to go. And I don't know what happened to Kingery. I yeah, mean, what happened to him? The best part of him is his intro song. But he comes out to rage against the machine now, doesn't he? I believe so. Best part of his game so far this year. I mean, we're, we've we've in the name of we're making it close. I mean, it's five four tonight, but like. 
I mean, McCutcheon has had a slow start because he's coming back from his knee. He's slowly moving his his average up. And I don't worry about him. Harper's batting 350. Harper's having an MVP year. Real Muto's worth, worth every penny. Real worth Muto. Penny. The M is worth 100 mil. The V, another 100 mil. The P, another 100 mil. What do you yeah. get? MVP. And, but like, so Real Muto's having a good year. Now, here's – I was thinking about this. So when they let when, – when they get cheap and they say, you know, well – you know, COVID was a really unexpected thing and it really impacted us. And we really weren't able to give him, we, we were hoping we could get a home team discount from him and just, we, we couldn't see eye to eye and, and it's a shame, but we just had to let the player walk. So when that happens, we'll have traded Sixto Sanchez, who, who is still super young, but is one of the best, Sanchez. is one of the best young pitching prospects in baseball. And a and a reliable starter in Alfaro. We we don't have either of them, and then we don't have Jorge Alfaro, or and and then we don't have JT Romuto. So what happens a year after that when Bryce Harper's hanging out in the clubhouse after the team gets their their head kicked in? And he's like, hmm, I'm the only guy on this team, and our GM looks like a fucking guy that got beat up every day in school and had to do all the other kids' homework. You know what? Trade me because he has a a amazingly tradable contract that is a team friendly deal on the, 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 the numbers on a year to year basis. So what, what happens then you don't have Bryce Harper and you don't have real Muto because if I'm Harper, I'm out. If, if real Muto goes, I'm out. I'm, I'm not spending the prime of my career in a, in a city run by a GM. That's a fucking moron being the only guy on a team. That's any good. I'm, I'm out. I, I want to win a World Series. Well, that, that'll explain – that'll sell my uh, whole idea that his contract is so overblown that, you know, maybe he should have left some on the table for Real Muto. He did. It's a, a incredibly team-friendly deal year to year to give them plenty of room to stay under the, I, under the, the luxury tax. It is $26 not- million dollars at age like 36. That's- like, I, for, for a DH chassis. I, I, that's is just ridiculous. But if he's still hitting three, if he's still hitting over three hundred, and and putting in a ton of balls in play, it doesn't matter. We lost a World Series because we didn't have a DH. The Yankees beat us in the World Series because we didn't have a DH, and they could roll out like Teixeira or A Rod as a DH if they wanted to. Like that's why they beat us. You know, so just that series, fucking Deki Matsui. He destroyed us that series. Or him, but like they, they could just roll guys out that, that made tons of money. And the Yank or and the Red Sox could always roll out Big Poppy, who made a ton of money, and it was just sea ball kill ball. Like that's all you need. You always it's like I, th- I always say in the NBA, you can always find a big man for cheap. And in baseball, you can always find that guy off the bench, DH for for little money. You don't need you don't need to rely on, oh, we're going to sign this guy for a 13-year deal, and the last four years of his deal, he's going to be a DH. That's, that's like, that thinking is what causes like, organizations to like, flounder. Like, or be in the situation that we're in. But the, they're not in the situation because of Bryce Harper's contract. 
they're not. That's one contract that that's a, a small fraction so, of the entire budget on a year-to-year basis. They're pressed up against the south the luxury tax because you have an idiot GM that doesn't know how to that can't get value out of players. That's why they're they're where they're at. And unfortunately, and, and I mean I get where Middleton's coming from because in baseball the luxury tax is so punitive when you go over it and then you go over it again, it gets more punitive every time. So I get his point of view of not wanting to spend, you know, good money after bad when, you know, Clentac has produced so little up to this point. But at, at some point you need to tear the bandaid off and, and start doing something positive. Like they were a team that had, no, they got rid of all of their bad contracts. They had a ton of they. They were so bad. They had high draft picks for year after year after year after year. They were in the same situation, kind of like the Sixers. And at least the Sixers got some, you know, potential top two, top three, top four players out of it. The the Phillies managed to do nothing with it out, outside of um, Nola. He's their only high draft pick that they've drafted since. The, the the kids that they brought up that gave us the best run of Phillies baseball in our lives. Who, who you know, by the way, Aaron Noah probably has the best contract on this team. Because it's still his first contract. I mean, the money that you have tied up in guys like Jake Arietta. That's another Gene, Clentac contract. Gene Segura. Another Clentac contract. And even... Andrew McCutcheon. But I mean, here's the thing. Before, you need to go and get pitching. So you got Zach Wheeler. Okay, cool. I would have rather had I would have rather had two more Zach Wheelers and half of a Bryce Harper contract. That's that, that's all I'm saying. I, well, they, I, they weren't scoring runs, so they needed to do something to try to score runs. Um, the the I don't think I don't think Reese Hoskins is Reese Hoskins is as bad as you think he is. I think he's worse than you think he is. I don't think he is. You also remember he changed his batting this this season too. He's like holding the bat different. And bless you. I wonder if that has anything to do with that. I don't know. I don't know. The, before Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins was the fucking like the face of this franchise. All of a sudden now we're like digging a hole for him. I never was high on him. I never thought he was that good. Mm. I don't know. I, I, my whole thing with baseball is is real simple. Pitching, pitching is the it's pitching the is it, it, it's the goalie. Not exactly. It's the it's the three point shooter in 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 basketball. It's the quarterback in in best in football. Excuse me, John. He's he's never bat. He's never had a batting average over two over two sixty in his career. Never. His slugging percentage has only once been over over 500 once in his career. His OPS has only been over one once. He's never gotten over 100 RBIs. He's never gotten over. He's never hitting his the most home runs he's ever had was 34. He he had nothing in in the but other. Jesse, he's making peanuts. That doesn't matter. That, that does he, matter when you when you look at it from an organization standpoint. He doesn't have to, dude. If you get a guy like that and he's hitting fifty home runs, 
Oh, excellent. Ryan Howard rookie seasons. Great. Love it. But with this guy, like he's making peanuts. If you get anything more than average out of him, that's, that's great. That's what you want. And you, the in baseball, you should fill your whole, you should fill your whole team with guys like that. And, and, and they will climb the ladder. And then what will happen is your center field will start hitting 40 home runs and he's going to want a contract like Bryce Harper. And you know what? You go, now's the time to trade him. And you, and, and to your point, you get like two or three prospects and maybe you, you coach them up, you build them up and boom, you're right back in it. Yeah. But the, the problem is his best batting average he ever had was 259. When he had a very promising rookie year, he followed that up with a 246 batting average. He followed that up with a 226 batting average. He's following that up with a 211 batting average. That's trending in the wrong direction from a year-to-year basis. Well, 211 is is the kind of batting average that if the minors were still a thing right now, would get you back in AAA awful quick. And let's be real. He's probably on his way because once Alex Baum stays up here full-time, Zagura's staying Segura is going to play third. Bomb's going to go to first. And I don't care where the fuck Reese Hoskin goes because he sucks. Oof. Hot take. Don't like it. Big fan of Reese Hoskins over here. He sucks. No Oof. Forfeit Twitter poll. Does Reese Hoskins suck? Oh, my God. Put it up. You look at his numbers. He's never done anything remotely even average. He he hasn't. You know, he hits home runs. Huh? He hits home runs, I thought. He had 18 his rookie year. He had 34 his second year. He had 29 his third year. 34, 29. That's a pretty higher. I mean, you know, I, 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 I think. the But the problem is when his average is dog shit and he's not, he's not plating guys other than home runs, that's a problem. I mean, he's not. He's not scoring. He, no, he I agree. And he played in first base, where you got to get RBIs out of that position. That's a that's an RBI based position. Like Uni, I agree. I I I think I think Joe Girardi's not going to waste time though, Jesse. I think you know. I think this is his last year to really prove it. You know, if he doesn't, you know, hit the two fifty range at least and get thirty plus home runs. Joe Girardi's going to get a first baseman because we got to pay Didi next year too. We can't let yeah. Didi Gregorius walk. We can't let him walk. And, and JT scares me. I still think we can maybe sign him that we're just trying to play hardball. But I don't know, man. If we let, like you said, if we let him go, like, I don't know. This team's got a lot of holes. And I, you know, the direction we're going, I, I feel like, I don't know that we don't have that like youth movement feeling that like we got to have some homegrown talent. Can't just buy all the talent, John. You got to have some homegrown. That's part of the case. I, I 100% agree with you. And I, and, and Jesse made a point about that the other day about how this team doesn't cultivate, you know, young, young talent. I get that. But the same token, when you're putting, you know, 6%, 10% of your, of your base organizational salary in your right fielder to me, that, that doesn't – it's not equal parts of the pie. But and that's just, that's just from a from – a, from a, if I was GM or I was running a baseball team, that's just my opinion on it. 
some people like the Yankees, Cashman, uh, and, and back when um, the other Yan- the um, Steinbrenners were there, they would run blank checks and they would have dream teams year after year. I get that. It's just not the way that I think baseball teams sort of get better and, and, and grow and be able to win multiple championships, if that's the ultimate goal. But you look at – yes, they – You know what he is, Jesse? He's a fan of Jesse. He's a fan of Tampa Bay, how they do things. Yeah. They you, know who, you, they you know who we could have had as their GM? We could have had their GM, by the way. We could have had him. But we decided yep. to keep Matt Klintak. You wanted Tampa Bay. They cultivate guys, and then when they want to get paid, they say, see, we got two guys waiting. One of them will pan out. See, we, we, like, we could have we gotten him – we could have gotten high on Bloom before he went to Tampa Bay – and we signed Matt Klintak instead. We could have gotten Hyam yep. Bloom after his Tampa Bay stint. And we didn't want him. We didn't want to fire the great Matt Klintak. So we let Hyam Bloom, one of the best young GMs in baseball, who managed to build a powerhouse in Tampa Bay with a, a payroll of, like, peanuts. I love and, Bryce Harper makes it. <laughs> and, and now Hyam Bloom's in Boston. And I would, and he's going to turn that Red Sox organization into a powerhouse. Within four years, they're going to win a World Series, maybe five tops. They'll win we a could, World Series. We could have had him. So, we had him. so can I bring up a team that I'm, I'm sort of researching right now? That I'm, um, how about the Kansas City Royals from 2015? Yeah, they did them one year, but then they now they're like the worst team in baseball the last couple of years. Ago. Yeah, but John, you call Lightning. Yeah, it's lightning in a bottle. And and like for some people would say the Phillies were lightning in a bottle too. No, because they were. No, we spent five years in a row, dude. That's different. Nah, uh, we, we 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 were the Phillies not beating the Yankees that season, not winning two out of three, at least winning two World Series. The Phillies should have been one of the greatest dynasties in baseball. But yep. winning one World Series, you can't be, and that team was so good it was fucking ridiculous and so and goddamn good tampa bay for a long or not tampa bay uh the royals for a long time because jason stark used to when he still wrote for espn he would hammer their ownership all the time they purposely kept their payroll so low that the um the gate would basically pay the pay the payroll and revenue sh- and they would get the revenue sharing check because they were so bad so the owners were basically pocketing thirty to forty million dollars a year in revenue sharing money and not putting it back into the organization. To How get about the Houston Astros? Nah, the the the, the, the cheaters. Okay, the, regardless of the cheating or not. Regardless they, of their I mean, cheating. They, name guys, but I mean, you know, I mean, their recipe is what I brought up before. It's you're going to always have to bring in. A high-priced pitcher. I mean, they had Garrett Cole, one of the highest-priced pitchers. They had Justin Verlander. They, had, you know, I mean, but well, but they cultivated, pitching. you know, pitching, pitching costs money. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with I'm okay with you giving hundreds of millions of dollars to pitchers. Pitchers win. Pitchers win games. It's very rare that a right fielder hits a three-run home run that wins a game. Look at the percentages. It just doesn't. It just doesn't always happen that way. I just we're in a big enough market, though, John. We can afford to have two or 
three high-priced positional players and still have at least two or three high-priced. Like, we're in a top-five market. Like, we have billions of dollars coming in from, you know, the team does. I say we. Like, we should be able – and there's no salary cap in baseball. So that's the other thing, too. Like, we're not well, forced to, into a salary cap. To Jesse's point, then, why is John Middleton a little uh, price get, Why is he, you know, holding the checkbook? Excuse because me. the luxury tax. Okay. He doesn't want to pay the. He doesn't want to pay the juice, as my dad would say. So, the uh, a club exceeding the competitive balance tax threshold for the first time must pay a twenty percent tax on all overages. A club exceeding the sec the threshold for a second consecutive season will see that figure rise to thirty percent. Three. Three or more straight seasons of exceeding the threshold is a 50% tax. So in 2020, the luxury tax payroll, the top five teams, Yankees, Astros, Cubs, Dodgers, and your hometown, Philadelphia Phillies, Mm -hmm. followed by your other hometown, Boston Red Sox. Of course they are your hometown team. (laughs) Washington Nationals right behind that at seven. So like, it's not like, it's not like they're at the bottom of the list and they're really like, I mean, they're, 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 they're paying some luxury tax. Well, we're not paying any luxury tax. We're not paying Uh, right now. Right now it's only 300,000. So the the, the Yankees are paying 28 million. The, the problem is they're spending a lot of money and they're not getting results. So like, we could, we could, you know, you, you keep going back to Bryce Harper. He's the only motherfucker on this roster besides the pitchers that are earning, besides like, earning their uh, keep. besides Wheeler and Nola, that, yeah, that are earning their keep. Harper's earning that contract. He's earning every paycheck. He's having an MVP year. That's, that's what you, like, it'd be one thing if, like, he's batting, like, if he was playing like Reese Hoskins right now, batting 211. Jake that Arrieta, he's really he's really lighting it up. Oh no, he's a thief. Every it, okay, we had to pay though. Like we had Gene, to get him. Like Gene Segura, the guy. Gene Segura, the guy last night who ran from third base to first base to call off a play. I mean, yep. come on, come on. Yeah, like you can't knock him. So he's a pitcher. Huh? Well, no, Segura's a Segura's a, a third baseman. Well, he's playing no, third. He's a second baseman. Arietta. Oh well, and they they never should have signed Arietta. That was a bad well, contract the minute they signed it. Okay, well, I mean, John's point: it's okay to pay him. He's a pitcher, so he can come in and get overpaid and still fuck up, right? He's a pitcher, though. It's fine. He's been terrible for three years. Three he's years a he's been on. See, he's hmm? a pitcher. We can pay them. Like, I, I, we're other I than Wheeler and Arietta, we're not paying any other pitchers. I feel like it's a balance. Well, well, Zach Wheeler is the only guy that we're paying right now that we just got who is like I would I would classify like as a superstar pitcher. Arietta we got a couple of years ago. He, he got surgery last year. He was hurt. Like he's like, always yeah, hurt. Yeah, he's 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 like a he, like you say he's a thief. Okay, Aaron Nola, homegrown. He's the most. He, he four years, forty five million. He's the most. Uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Economical. Basic, thank you. Economical uh, pitcher you have. So you're looking at Wheeler and Aaron Nola. The other guys are stealing it. 
And then you got trash in your bullpen, which we, we all know if you have trash in your bullpen, we've seen the last five, six games, that's worked out real well. So, I mean, again, it goes back to my point. I'm like, spend money on pitching. Spend money on pitching. But like, and that's the thing. They knew they had holes in the pitching. They they knew they had holes. They would have had the. They had the. They had the the them. They had enough gaps in the payroll. They could have gotten. They could have gotten Cole this year. They I could have signed. Cole Hamels is the solution. No, 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 Derek Cole. Oh, oh, oh. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Does. Does a closer on this team – do we need a closer on this team? Yes. You don't okay. need to overpay for one, but yes, you need one. Does paying J- – what is it going to cost you to get JT Riamuto? Does he want Bryce Harper money? No, he wants to set the – he wants to be the highest paid catcher in baseball. I think, uh, I think he wants at least – Two fifty mil total contract value. I think that's gonna, and I, I think that's the hang up. I think he wants to get paid. Like he wants to make probably in the eighteen twenty mil range. So like Buster, he he said Buster Posey is currently the yeah Posey Posey had a twenty one point four million a year hundred sixty eight million dollar contract. That's also a great, a great uh, team to bring up as the Giants. Like, they, they had a good run for a couple of years there. Mm-hmm. They had a good manager, and yeah. they developed a lot of those players in their, in their farm system. Where the fuck is Bruce Bucci? Can we get him? I think he pieced out and is, like, on a fishing boat somewhere. Good yeah, for now him. They kind of forced him out, but, I mean, he, he wanted to go. I mean, he, he won his two rings. I can't believe they won more rings than us, that team. So, so basically, I can't, believe, I can't ever. We traded away Hunter Pence. I, I, I never understood that. I He's never understood. Great Philly player. So basically, to see him lose that ball. See him lose that ball in the lights the other night, though. Man, that was at, bad. Yeah, at twenty, he, he really helped San Fran win those two rings. He played so good in those postseasons. It was unreal. unreal. Yeah, he gave him he gave him that juice, you know. Like he was a veteran guy. I mean, they all played good, but he played so solid. I remember just seeing him get like hit after hit after hit. It was like, yeah, we don't want that on this team. Way to go, Rube. Yep. So, so Rube. JT at twenty nine's making ten million. Posey's making twenty two. He's going to well make twenty three, twenty four million a year times. Well, he, he's going to want a long term deal. So you're going to want ten years, two forty, two fifty. I either want like seven or eight years to two ten. So that's yeah. the, I think that's the building cut on is do they want to put half a billion dollars into a catcher and a right fielder? That's what that's where they're at. And well, then what? Find or draft or you know you know you, if you do that, then it goes back to the point like to Jesse like Bryce Hoskins, I guess, gets sold for pitching prospects. No, you're right. Like to do that, you have to keep guys like Reese, and then call up your, you know, call up Bloom, and you know, you know, sign guys like Matuch and Segura, like mid-level. Like you got to do that. Like if we're gonna pay, have 
Bryce are you know two top paid position players. You know, but here's, top, you know, here, but here's here's the problem with, with all of this. The minute you decide to trade for JT Romota, you either do this to start a rebuild to to get like the crown jewel as you're as you're starting your ascension, mm-hmm. or you either get that guy to try to put you over the hump to try to win an, L- an LDS, to try to win a World Series. And then right. if he walks, you know what? Who cares? We won a World Series. We made it to a World Series. We made it to an NLDS. Who cares? We, we, he got us a run. So we got him on the start of our ascension of hopefully rebuilding and becoming a, not a laughing stock. So, so when you acquired him, you knew you weren't going to win immediately. You knew his contract was going to end at a certain point. You knew that the minute you traded the best prospect in all of your your farm system and a good – not a great catcher, but a good catcher with him and some other pieces. You knew the minute you made that deal. It's not like it's a surprise. Oh, my God, we have to sign JT Romuto. They fucking knew when his contract was going to expire. Or so, – God, sorry. So if you – if you make this trade, the day you make that trade, you have to know in your head it's probably going to cost us this much money to get him signed. Because the minute you traded for him, he was the best catcher in baseball, and he's only gotten better. Or if your thought process was, if we trade for him, and that's going to attract someone like Bryce Harper, and it doesn't attract Bryce Harper, we can pay him the money and still and still have both things. You know what I'm saying? Like Bryce Harper was the bait. I'm sorry, Rio Muto was the bait to get Harper. But if you don't get Harper, I was going to have that money to sign Rio Muto anyway. That, but what happens if you get both? Because, well, because then you got to write two checks. Because then you've got the one guy who's now like, you, you sold me on playing with one of my best friends. And, and now my best friend's gone? Fuck you, I'm out. Yeah. Because if I'm if I'm Bryce again, he's he's playing at an MVP level. I'm I'd be like I ain't gonna fucking play. Trade me. Well, I, I hope I hope after the, his second season he wouldn't say that. <laughs> how would I you, mean if you? How would you feel if you are the best right fielder in baseball? You you've had an MVP under your belt already. You're playing at an MVP level. The team that you signed for sold you on playing here because they had a vision to get better. Oh, and we just traded for one of your best friends, and we're going to get him locked up. Don't worry. This is going to be a great team to be around and be in. And then in two years' time – Meanwhile, our previous team goes and wins a World Series. Yes, the you got traded. Your, your previous team wins a World Series. The GM has proven himself to be a fucking moron, and then they let your best friend walk. And now you're Bryce Harper, the only I mean, player on a bad, a really bad Phillies team. I, my, my, my response to that would be, I, I feel like Bryce is a little more committed, the kind of guy he is. And the fact of the matter is, is if he, if winning was number one on his wish list, I think he would be a Dodger right now, personally, or a Cub. Um, those two teams have much better rosters, top to bottom. And he still would have got paid a lot of money. I mean, the fact, fact of the matter is, and that's why we got him, John, it's we didn't overpay by any means. We just made the most lucrative offer. And I think you, that's you what overpaid. he wanted. You overpaid. <laughs> no, we, we 
we didn't overpay. We just we just guaranteed the money longer. I trust that. I mean, the Dodgers offered him like 150 mil over like four years. I mean, he, like they were going to pay him like close to 40 mil a season, but over oh, but half the amount of money. Mm-hmm. Same with the Cubs. Like a lot of players, they, like a, like a lot of teams wanted that four year deal because they get it. It's just bad business to have a guy for 10, 12 years. But that's the only way we can get him, John. Is that you know, Bryce? We're going to guarantee you, no matter what you do, three hundred and twenty some million dollars in twelve years. Like he couldn't pass that up. I mean, he couldn't. And and so, but point of that is, I think he gives this team at least five, six years before he would. He would before he. Would. Then I think at that point, well, you're, he you're DH. Well, here's the deal. You're already you're halfway through year two now, and I don't care. Don't use COVID as an excuse. You're halfway through year two, so yeah. okay. No, and you didn't have a great year last year. There's one glaring issue, and Jesse talks about it all the time. It's 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 malfeasance and a fireable offense to go into a season with this bullpen. After paying Bryce Harper, after doing everything we've done, bringing him in, bringing him in touch, getting Wheeler to put this bullpen out there with this other rest of these guys, it's criminal. Maybe that's maybe that's the thought process is to is to go in there with this season as a wash, knowing that what the situation we're in, it's a shortened season. Piss on it. If we get into the playoffs, great. If we don't, piss on it. And then maybe next year we we attack it a different way. If it's a full season, this shit's over. I don't know. But the problem is, I mean, I, when spring I mean, training started, this wasn't a thing. Well, when pitchers and catchers reported, COVID wasn't setting the world on fire. I. It just started to. It just started to set the world on fire. I. I I, I and, and, co- and our coach is a catcher, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like he should know, he should know how valuable a guy like Romuto is. He should know how valuable pitching is. I like, think he. Uh, I think he does. I think it's. I don't think it's him. You have to sell on it. No, it's Clintac, McPhail, and and Middleton. I, I, like, I can't believe Clintac is. Here. I just can't. Hey guys, so his, his idea was to get Harper signed. He got Harper signed. He did his deal for the next thirteen years. That's going to be his his feather in his cap, whether he's here or no. not. Flyers John, take game one. Flyers take game one with a two-one win over the Canadiens. Oh, somebody hit the air horn. Where's the air horn? <laughs> Song he used to play was it No Effects? Oh, oh. best uh, song anyways. ever in hockey. Anyways, yeah. anyways, best hockey song ever, dude. I hear that song. I when when I would go to games here, I would get ready just to fucking hit somebody. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why you get fucked. What was that song that they played for like their Hard Knocks version? It was like that Mac Miller song. That was pretty good. Oh God! Speaking of Hard Knocks. Did you watch the Rams and uh, uh, Chargers? I, I didn't. I just got TJ's login tonight, so I'll be watching it later. Were the, Ra- were the Rams on Hard Knocks already like two years ago? Yeah, they uh, were. No, they were. Jeff they were Fisher, they were. they were. The, Jeff, the first year they moved to L.A., they did it. They were, they were there yeah, for the, uh, the Nick Foles. Uh, when they were really bad. Jeff Fisher called Nick Foles and cut him. Fourth, 
Worst mistake ever. Jeff Fisher. Yeah, Jesse from France. He was the former Eagles coach. He was our secondary coach, I believe, in the – I don't know, for Buddy Ryan or if it was for Coach – but he was here maybe Coach Tight. Uh, Ray Rose. Might have been under Ray Rose, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, Jeff Fisher was an Eagles coach. It's amazing. It's, it's, a lot, lot of, it's amazing. It's impressive, the, the long line of coaching uh, uh, history that we have in this – That. that it seems like the road, you know, to being a head coach in the NFL at some point goes through Philly. It does. I mean, we have one of the Andy Reid has is like the is, is the Bill Washington. It's, I mean, he has his tentacles. He has a hell of a pedigree of coaches. But it all started. You, from, you know, I mean, I mean, look at the pedigree that the Packers. You know, when he was coming up, how many how many great coaches. You know, the Green Bay produced. Green. At all levels, including coaching. And I think that not all, not all of our franchises have owners that know how to, how to identify coaching. But uh, oh, you got some difficult. I think John's mixed I think John's mixing a nightcap. When he apparently, comes, yeah, we have to, when he comes back, we'll get our final thoughts here. And uh, I know we got some glitches coming in from Brigantine. So, John, what's your final thought on this doom and gloom episode? Wait, we're done. We're we're wrapping it up, brother. There's only so much negativity I can take in a night. I just pour pour another drink. I know you have your little oh. you have your nightcap. Don't worry, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll stay on with you, brother. There's only so much doom and gloom our listening listen, base can take. Listen, yeah. we got we got the Flyers, which is which is uplifting. I think the Flyers got the best chance in the next five years yep. for, for for a cup, well, which is great. great. Um, Sixers just got to blow it up. I, I'm not even watching Sixers anymore. It's a joke. Uh, go yeah, Celtics. Now that's, now that's disappointing. Go Celtics! I'm all I'm hyped for fucking Eagles, baby. That's this. I'm, I'm editing out the go Celtics, by the way. That's fine. I don't care. I'm if too, I don't care if it takes me two fucking hours to edit that out. I, I'm, I'm editing it out. Well, here I'll say it again: Go Celtics! Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm hyped about our our, our our Philadelphia Eagles, baby. I think uh, I think we got good stuff going there. Uh, I, I hear exciting things at training camp. And real quick. Oh, here's a question for you, John. If the if the Eagles shit the bed as hard as the Sixers did, would would you watch watch them in the entire season? Absolutely. Yeah, you would. You would. You would. Right, but here's the thing. I, I could you tell would you. It. No, no, no. You would defend no, 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 Bill. Bill, you shut your mouth. It. Shut your mouth. They just look stupid. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you would defend it, and you know what? You would no, get defeated when I go. No, oh, oh, go Seahawks, twelfth man. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I would know from preseason how the how the team's going to be. First preseason games to the first three or four games, you can tell how the season's going to be. To your point, would I stop watching them? Absolutely not. The Sixers have been this. The Sixers have been, we're going to tank. We're going to tank so bad that we're going to get the best players. And once we get the best players, we're going to be a championship team. 
That's never worked. That's a flawed system from the beginning. And everyone that got on the train for the tank is, is, is drinking the Kool-Aid. And I'm sorry that they did it. I'm sorry that they got sold in the marketing. I'm, sold, I'm sorry that they got sold on buying season tickets that's so cheap. It was a joke from the beginning. The Eagles have a longstanding organization that is, is, isn't going to put shit on the field. They're just not going to do it. No? What was that wide receiving core last year? We got to the playoffs. Hey, hat tip to Carson Wentz for doing what he could with the, with the trash can lids he had. Respect. John, John, John hit his head. John hit his head. Somebody check, call the doctor. John has hit his head. Respect I, I respect. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's my whole thing with him. If he would have gotten the playoffs and beat the, and, and beat the Seahawks and not got hurt, I, I would have been I would have been ten times more on board with this guy, but we but the same song and dance. You get hurt. I don't care if I don't care if the car hits you on the way to the stadium or the uh, or the, uh, the the ball boy hits you in the face with a ball. Like play the game, win win the game, win championships. That's all you got to do. That's all Carson Wentz has to do now to prove everyone wrong is to go out there. He's got all the weapons in the world. I'm excited for him. I hope he does great things this year. And, and if not, I, we got guys in the wings ready to rock and roll. And I'm excited. Who would that be? You know who it is. And, I feel, and here's the thing, Jesse, I just want to bring this up real quick because we're on Eagles talk. I heard a great, great thing. Get ready for a three-hour forfeit episode. Here we go. No. With the COVID situation, apparently there were discussions that – Knowing that this was going on and knowing what's going on with college football, that the trade value of someone like Jalen Hurts, whether I don't agree with it or not, as far as like drafting him and then using him as trade, the value of his trade, of his trade, uh, whatever it would be to trade him to another team because next year, Trevor Lawrence might not have played, you know, uh, uh, the kid from Ohio State, Field, Justin Fields. Might not have played. He won't play because the Big Ten's not playing. Right. So I'm saying, like, so so Jalen Hurts could be so much more valuable. Now, uh, personally, I don't want the guy to get traded. I, I I understand why he might be a little little upset. But if if that is the case, Howie Roseman is more of a genius than anyone thought. Because if we could turn him around and get it, get another two and two twos for him or something, like e- even better for Howie. But I just wanted well, to bring that's- it up. That's why I kind of felt like with what's com- with what was coming down the pike, I kind of felt like, fuck it. Next year's draft's going to be a wash. Trade future picks. But it, but is next year's like going to be a wash? Like Trevor Lawrence would still go number one. Yeah, but the, the Big Ten's not going to play. Don't matter. They'll look, they'll look at film from this year. They'll, they'll bookmark it, and they'll, they'll draft the guys as, as accordingly. But it, it's going to be tough for for linemen, for linebackers, guys that you know, wide receivers, those guys that take the that take a while to take that to make that step. You know, the Trevor, Lawrence question the is, Trevor Lawrence is still going to be a, a top, you know, a, a, a top five pick. It, it doesn't matter he, it, as long as you know he doesn't start like get bored because the ACC. Now, granted, the ACC keeps saying they're going to play, and SEC, and the SEC, but. Well, I mean, that's I what everybody wants to watch anyway. But if if the Big Twelve pulls out, and 
the 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 Big Ten pulls out, what's your championship? What's your playoff going to be? I mean, granted, it typically is the SEC anyway, and like one and and Clemson, but that is so tainted and just so weird. And and then on top of it, the NCAA has already come out and said we're not making any of our players sign waivers. So like, if you have kids that start getting sick and then they get family members sick and everything, nobody signed a waiver, you know, absolving the universities of, of any sort of negligence. That's not an if Jesse, it's it's when, when kids are getting sick. It's, it's such a, it's such a bad decision and it, it fucking sucks. And then you have programs like Nebraska, that are like, we still want to play football. We're going to play. And and they're in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten's like, shut the fuck. If you guys be quiet, go sit in the corner. Well, and, then why can't, why can't the SEC say, okay, come over to us? Well, w- one, the biggest problem is they're not good. Be, well, be so not, then they should welcome them with open arms. Geographically. Okay. That's a long travel from Alabama to Nebraska. Mm. You know, like they got, they're going to have to fill. They're going to have to make a season out of it, whether it's ten games or twenty. Well, the the bigger problem is the Big Ten, out of spite, is probably going to put the screws on Nebraska because they don't want to. Even though they're not a good program, if they lose a member program to a, to another conference, then the problem is they have an unbalanced schedule and that becomes problematic in the future. So no, you don't let them go. And if you're the sec, you have the most lucrative sports package deal in, in college football. Why do you want like a joke franchise or a joke program? Like makes no sense. It would would make more sense for them to try to get, you know, a, a different joke college like Notre Dame, um, than uh, than Nebraska. Don't wake the bear. But you know it's be and it's not like they can go to the Big Twelve because that's where Nebraska came from. Listen, maybe it's time for the the NCAA to get rid of conferences and just do the March mad March mad, uh, December madness and do college football as a as a tournament it like they be, should do. It'd like be amazing. It, it's. It, the fact that they clump these teams into such like powerhouse conferences is like ridiculous. I want to see Alabama play James Madison as like a one seed against a 60, 60 seed. I want to see that. They get in a tournament, you get in a tournament. Well, I mean, I don't. I hate everything about college football. Yeah, I know. Matt, would you not? Stop, stop, Bill. Matt, would you not like to see a March Madness style football tournament? No. Bill, I'm not not talking to you. I'm talking to Matt. Matt's not a college football fan, but he's a college basketball fan. Yeah. Would you not like to see that? Uh, I don't think it would. I don't think it would have enough. I don't think it would translate the same way. I think I think basketball is more of a tournament friendly sport than football. 
Why football? You playoff games are one and done. Yeah, uh, I think you would just still have just. I think the talent is just still just ridiculously lopsided. Whether they're clumped together or not, I don't know. I, I you know what? I don't know. That's that's something I'd have to think about, John. I do love tournaments, so. But but Bill, to your point, like okay, J, you think like Alabama would beat JMU like seventy two to four. So you're what saying else? the tournament would be the season, John, or are you saying for the championship it would be the tournament? I'd say you play a season, right, and then you would be seated like you would just in basketball, okay, and you would play a tournament. Whether I don't think it would be sixty game, sixty four team, maybe maybe it would be sixty four, maybe more teams, and you would play a a March Madness style tournament in football. Because right now, let's face it, it's it's the way it the the play the college football playoff is now. It's like a total like joke show. Like, of course, Alabama is going to be in. Of course, Clemson is going to be in now. Play, so you can only play one football game a week, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that tournament would take how long? I mean, it would take play two games a week. You would you would basically have to do you would basically have to do a very a shortened conference season. Yes. To set seeding and then go yeah. right to the tournament. Yeah. yeah. That works. I don't know. But the but the problem is the mid-tier programs, the Big 12, or the Big 10 basically, the Big 12, you know, half of the SEC. They know they're going to get you know, curb stomped in the second round. So are they really going to give up that revenue stream? You know, it, it also depends on this. Like if that's the way college football sort of start, steered the ship, would, would guys, would players coming out of high school be more apt to go to a team like Alabama or Clemson or the Penn States of the world? Or would they not like to shine in lower level you know, divisions, you know, the North Dakota States of the world, the, you know, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, Stanford's not a good good example, but lower level teams. They're going to go to the best programs with the best coaching, the best strength and conditioning, because that's where all the scouts go. And like, you know, the, the, the reason that, you know, Saban can go into any four and five star recruits house and be like, look, you may be hot shit. You may be the best player in in the state. You're not going to start for me. You might not start year two, but you're going to start year three, and we're probably going to win a national championship. And if you play hard, you're probably going to be a number one draft pick in or a first round draft pick. And I think I think that's exactly what's what's killing college football. And I and I would almost guarantee that's part of the reason why Matt doesn't like college football. But you would see if, like, if basketball didn't have their stupid one and done rule, like, you would you would have the same thing in basketball. You would have. It's a great point. Dynasty programs. Yep, you would have Kentucky for years after years after years. It's exactly right. Kentucky basketball would turn into Alabama mm-hmm. through and through. 
Like yeah. I remember growing up, like Notre Dame to me was like, and this is not because Bill's on this podcast, but like Notre Dame to me was like, was like the, the gold star standard of, of college football. It was like growing when I was young, it was, it was Notre Dame. I remember I had a Michigan hat. Yeah. Like, Notre Dame, Dame, Michigan. Like those were like the gold standards. Alabama was, wasn't even like, you know, piss on the floor at that point. Like and from my perspective, from like college football, you know, no, I mean? they weren't, like, I mean, they weren't good for a long time. I mean, yeah. they had some, they had some problems with coaching and, and, and talent recruitment and everything. And it's just a shame that w- what sucks about it right now with the whole COVID pandemic thing is like these guys that, you know, think of a guy who plays for Penn state, for example, and is, maybe he's a wide receiver or running back and he has a great year. That guy has basically made himself millions of dollars getting drafted. And now he's not even having the chance to do that. It's, it's, yeah. it, it sucks. sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Like, like think of those like seniors mm-hmm. that this was their last now you and and really and and most of these guys if they're if they're staying a senior year they're they're like good players they're not great so they probably yeah. don't have a red shirt left in their back pocket to play another year right you know the the reason that that um Jalen was able to do what he did was because he started so quickly at, at Alabama that they didn't burn his red shirt. So he was able to graduate from Alabama and go into the portal, transfer as a, as a, as a senior red shirt and a graduate transfer and play one year to another program under his red shirt. I think we can all also agree that college football based upon what's going on right now needs either a players union or some sort of, you know, overseer of all conferences or something that, cause right now it's, it's just a mess. And thank goodness, at least for the time being, the NFL is, is doing what, what they can, but I hope the NFL figures it out because if we don't have football, this will turn into doom and gloom on this side of the, of the aisle for this podcast because if I don't have if I don't have football I'm gonna I'm gonna be really pissed. John, it's not gonna happen, dude. Like the 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 fact that like let baseball me, let me drink this. Baseball's proof of it. Like you have these knuckleheads going to casinos, going to, to going to strip clubs, going to bars, doing whatever the fuck they want. And you know a baseball team is a much smaller roster than a football team, like a football team is going to be traveling with probably what? 150, 200 people yeah. to a game. I, I just, I just have this feeling that the NFL is held to such a high standard that these guys in this or these organizations are going to be like, dude, you know, for example, D Jack, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you got to stop doing that or we're going to like narc on you or whatever. Like, like the guys just aren't going to take this shit and they're going to like, you know, you only get a, such a short shelf life in the NFL that these guys mm-hmm. are going to really take, take advantage of the situation. And I hope you, like, like Jerry Jones, like I hope that they, that he, that he plays. I hope, I hope everyone plays. But I, like, I just, you know, but look at like the Cardinals are, are very well respected organization. And they're the team that had the guys going to the casino and the titty bar. Like, yeah. And and that's the 
and it, and the problem is at least now it's nice out. So like if you're a, if you're a ball player and you're traveling, and you're in a city, you've never you know you're you're not at home. You can at least go somewhere like an open air thing and and get a pop or you know hi, tie a couple on outside somewhere and it's not a big deal. What's going to happen in in November? Like there ain't going to be no more open air dining and open air pop up bars no. in the middle of flu season. Yeah, like well, you hope that maybe you know the NBA gets it right and maybe like to Matt's point, maybe they go back to Florida and they figure out a way to get two, three, four football stadiums and make it work. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's over by then. I don't know. God willing. Hopefully Bill's got the, 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 the vaccine working in the basement. He does. I do long, longest final words ever. Yeah. What? <laughs> wow. Shots fired, man. I don't know. Bill's just sleeping in his fired. chair. Shots fired. Just make the comment. Oh my god. No doom. Matt asked about doom and gloom. I wanted to talk about the Eagles real quick. And real real quick, shout out to uh Broad Street Broad Street Boozy for the uh, excellent Nick Foles dick pin, which <laughs> I'm rocking right now. Oh my um, god. Make sure you check out uh Broad Street Boozy on Etsy and on Instagram. You get this beautiful dick pin. If you if you've actually uh stomached the you know and made it to the hour and 30 33 minutes, um should, yeah, check them out. We should probably put a link on our on our social channels to them. Hey Jesse, get right on it, man. You, you do a beautiful job managing our Twitter feed. Wow. More shots fired from Berlin. <laughs> Do a beautiful job. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, my final thought, go Sixers. Fuck them. <laughs> go Flyers. Go Sixers. Go, go Phillies. And Jesse. Go Birds.